You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, August 8, 2021, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. and we're speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things that they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. All human beings, knowingly or not, minister as priests to one another. All human beings, knowingly or not, minister as priests to one another. This is a powerful quote by William Countryman, retired professor of biblical studies at the Church Divinity School of the Pacific and an Episcopal priest. In his groundbreaking uh, book, Living on the Border of the Holy, he puts forth the idea that all of us encounter the holy in every aspect of our everyday life. And all of us share in a fundamental sense of the priesthood, the priesthood of all people, regardless of whether we are formally ordained by a religious institution or wear a collar. Now, for some of you, this may sound like a revolutionary idea, but it's been around for a long time, maybe since the beginning of Christianity and definitely reaching a crisis point in the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s, when the clergy had assumed so much power and control that the non-ordained, the laity, felt excluded from church governance, from ministry, and access to the sacraments. In the medieval church, for example, it wasn't uncommon for the average church member to go for months without the sacrament. Now, some of you may relate to that just too closely in this time. When the lady did receive, their common hands, stained with the blood, sweat, and tears of human toil, whether it's our agriculture or crafts, were not deemed holy enough to touch the sacrament, to touch the chalice or the host. Only the consecrated priests, the consecrated ones, were seen as having hands holy enough to touch the holy. In today's gospel lesson, we learn something different. In Luke, we receive an inside look into Jesus' spiritual formation program for future faith leaders. It is a story about us as well. 
It's a story that many of us are familiar with because of how dramatic and spectacular of a story it actually is. Three sleepy disciples, Peter, James, and John, fatigued by the journey up the mountain, fatigued by the journey with Jesus. After all, Jesus following him was, was exhausting. He was finding the holy everywhere. He was finding the sacred in people's lives, in, in the downcast, those needing uh, to, be, to be fed, those who were marginalized. It was exhausting to be with Jesus. So, in other words, ministering among the least was likely to be seen in that day and age and in this day and age to not be holy. Oh yes, we can give lip service to it, but actually getting your hands dirty, dirty with life, with work, with bandaging people, with helping people up off the street. This truly needs to be holy, but is it? Jesus tries another route to get to the disciples and to us, leaders in training. What does it mean to be awakened? The Blessed Trinity decides to show up in a grand way in this story. Turn all the lights on. Wake up the floodlights. Turn it all on. Now, Peter, typically, traditionally, is interpreted as, you know, the one who misses the boat. You know, the one who gets nervously involved with trying to do something, that whole thing. Well, you know, we can't just stand here and behold the holy. We got to do something about it. Now, that has its place, but here Jesus is turning it upside down. Yes, stand here. Behold the holy. There'll be plenty of time to come off the mountain and to serve. A better translation than let us make three dwellings would be let us make three tabernacles. The tabernacle in that day and age was seen, it has a long history back to the ancient Hebrew religion, where there was a mediator, typically the priest, between, the God, between God and the people offering a sacrifice to, be, to build a bridge. But Jesus is saying, you can see the holy. You are seeing the holy right now. You do not have to be afraid. But of course they are, because when we're brought into the presence of God, we are shaken up. But it's a different, it's not a fear, it's more of an awe than, than a fear that God is going to judge. So Jesus came to point us and to those disciples to a different kind of priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. That means you and I and all of us together. Traditional interpretations emphasize that Peter, yes, he was impulsive, but he did recognize the holy. Just stand there and behold a God that is so big, so full with divine spirit that it continues to create the universe and it breaks out of any priestly caste system or any other container. It's enough for all of us to hold and to put forth the holiness of God that brings us to salvation, to health, to holiness in every part of our life, so much bigger than our human-made delivery system. In other words, Jesus knows that the true tabernacle doesn't lie on some mountain, although it can be found there, but within human hearts and depends on the entire priesthood of all believers, that's all of us, to work together to come in love to serve. Here is our opportunity to live into this new model. Actually, it's an ancient model, but a new model for us. Regardless of whether we find ourselves climbing a mountain right now 
or on top of a mountain or coming down off a mountain, I know that you, like me, are wondering, where's this all going? With Lex retiring, are we now down another priest and so far panic? Well, let me, I'm going to let you in on a holy secret. We, yes, we have the opportunity to live into a version of church that is closer to the original version of the church, a time before the formalized offices of priest and deacon and bishop were so calcified. Here we are, the body of Christ, in transition, soon to be short a priest, a chief priest, not to take anything away from the bishop, the chief chief priest, and yet, All around us, I see the priesthood of all believers at St. Thomas before my very eyes this morning. We have come together, wrapped in many different kinds of packages, all belonging to God, lay and ordained, attempting to work side by side as equals for the glory and the service of God, sharing our royal priesthood as we sung that first hymn today. Did you catch that? Maybe I need to say it and not be so implicit. Our primary ordination is our baptism. At a recent baptism, I saw this enacted. Before the holy water had dried on the face of the newly baptized, the first thing that the newly baptized person said was, how can I give? How can I give more? And after the service, she presented a check for the congregations for the homeless. In that moment, there was holiness. There was a transition. There was a rebirth, and she was beginning to live into it. Now, some of you may realize that it is a bit of a circuitous route to really own the fundamental priesthood or any form of the priesthood. I felt an early calling to ministry way, way, way back. I won't tell you how old I was, but I was just a young person who felt that I wanted to be in ministry and that ordination was the route. So while serving uh, on a, in a Presbyterian church on Bainbridge Island, I began sneaking off. It almost didn't, it felt a little illicit in a way, over to St. Barnabas where um, our beloved Karen Haig is now the rector. Why did I need to move into another part of the body of Christ? The Presbyterians were great. They were good to me, good committed folks like all of us. But the reason I felt drawn to do something different was the sense of the mystery and the awe, the reverence, the symbols, the rituals, the beauty of the Episcopal form of worship and music, the sense of the holiness and sacredness being able to inspire and make real and tangible God's love in the sacraments. Sometimes I think we need sacramental worship primarily to see that the whole world has the capacity to be a sacrament where human life and everything that is in it can be made holy and extraordinary through God's grace. When I left the Presbyterian Church, I did not know if I'd ever become ordained in the Episcopal Church. And I remember uh, talking with the then bishop of our diocese, Robert Cochran, about the process, pro- process of transferring to the Episcopal Church. Well, I was a little naive, you know, at 27. I, well, I just thought it would be... Uh, you know, a matter of completing some extra paperwork and then applying for a job transfer. Layer by layer, my ego was peeled away by a series of questions by Bishop Cochran. Have you been to an Episcopal seminary? Well, no. 
Have you been confirmed by a bishop in apostolic succession and in communion with the See of Canterbury? Well, I'm not sure what all that means, Bishop, but I guess no. Have you been confirmed? We get back to confirmation. Well, not exactly. I took a new members class at age 13, and Presbyterians give you a, a free pass on confirmation as long as you make a public profession of your faith. Are you baptized? Well, yes, at age two in the UCC church. Well, good, now we have somewhere to begin. <laughs> we all have somewhere to begin. As you can imagine, that wasn't a pleasant experience at first to have to start all over again, like some kind of uh, childhood game of shoots and ladders. But what I learned from that, and over the next following 10 years, is that baptism is our entry point into all of the sacramental life. It is the inspiration for all of us to serve. And while priests, deacons can come and go and we can feel like we have abundance or lack, we have a fundamental priesthood together. We are disciples, we are all ministers, and we have a lot of formation that we continue to do. We never fully arrive. And man, we sure need more of you involved, and I'm glad you're back, because we need you. Where is that holy? Just linger with that and behold your own life. I'm not sure where you all are, but when we hold the hand of a loved one who is not feeling well or even is in serious uh, illness, maybe even dying, we are encountering the holy. When we change the diaper of an inconsolable baby at five in the morning, that is, and who is utterly dependent on us, we encounter the holy. When we take a stand for equality in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods, we encounter the holy. We are all priests in our own way, and God has established no hierarchy around what our callings are and which ones are more important. And when we receive this holy calling, know that we receive a holy amount, a perfect measure of grace to fulfill that calling. God is faithful and supplies us with what we need. And when we need it, that waiting part is the hard part. We are all called to let others know when we see that holy in their lives, the transcendent power, the action in their lives, and in our own way, see it as a tabernacle. God's grace and love is fully democratized, equal access for all, equal responsibility for all. We all have the responsibility to make that holy love known and real for all people, regardless of their circumstance, anything that has brought them to a difficult place, we need to honor their journey and find the holy and bring it forth. Today we do give thanks for the sacredness of God. Whatever that holy mountain or that holy valley or that holy place is, that we are all on this journey of transformation, living into our baptismal callings, taking our rightful place of service here at St. Thomas, and in the universal priesthood of all believers. We are called to become curators of the holy and the magnificent 
in all aspects, all disguises, inspired by the unmistakable presence of God, continue to break forth in our lives. Happy priesthood. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.